Thank you for downloading this podcast from BJOG. Hello, my name is Patrick Chen, and here is a podcast recording of the editorial for BGOG January 2021. We're now into 2021, and I would like to wish you all a happy and successful new year. The last year has been eventful to say the least. The COVID-19 pandemic arrived and we are still struggling with containing with the transmission of this virus in most countries around the world. Secondary peaks in the incidence of new cases of infection are still being observed and healthcare services are struggling to contain them. Social lockdowns are effective in suppressing this virus, but there's a consequential harm to the economy and mental health. We also know more about this infection. Although there's no evidence that pregnant women are more likely to get seriously ill from this infection, they have been included in the list of people at moderate risk in the United Kingdom, unless they are from the Black, Asian and other minority ethnic backgrounds, those who are over the age of 35 years old or a BMI of more than 30, and those who have pre-existing medical problems such as congenital heart disease, hypertension, and diabetes. Those women who require shielding from this infection for whatever reason are also included in this list. Other than preterm delivery, there is no established increased risk of other pregnancy complications. Vertical transmission to the baby can happen, but this risk is also low. Several effective vaccines have been developed for this infection, albeit that the regulatory approvals for their clinical use are still being awaited. We also currently have some effective treatments for patients who are unwell. Therefore, let us hope that with all these developments, life will eventually return back to some form of normality that we have been accustomed to. From this year onwards, the BGOG is also under new ownership. Although it is no longer owned by the RCOG, it will still be closely affiliated to it and will retain its editorial independence. With new investments, it is hoped that it will be able to keep abreast with new publishing trends. It is anticipated that there will be no significant change in current editorial policies or the scientific content of the journal. The previous January issues of BGOG have traditionally included systematic reviews. While we have included four systematic reviews in this issue, data pooling was only possible in three of them due to the nature of the research questions being addressed. I will therefore only highlight those reviews with meta-analysis. Zhang and colleagues reported on a systematic review comparing the clinical outcomes of sacrocopopexy performed either with the open, laparoscopic or robotic approaches with that of transvaginal mesh surgery. This is a controversial topic, and although transvaginal mesh surgery is no longer permitted to be performed in some countries, it is still widely undertaken elsewhere. The review found that sacrocopoplexy resulted in better apical vaginal anatomical correction compared to transvaginal mesh surgery, although there is no difference in subjective patient satisfaction. There's also a lower risk of post-operative mesh-related complications, especially de novo dyspareunia with sacrocopoplexy. Despite these results, Viet Rubin 
highlights that there is limited evidence on the surgical outcomes on a newer and lighter weight vaginal meshes. And transvaginal mesh surgery may still be indicated in some cases, but it should only be undertaken within a clinical trial. Ovarian cystectomy for endometrioma is associated with a high recurrence risk of this disease. Wataneng Charongchai and colleagues undertook a network meta-analysis of the various post-operative hormonal treatments to reduce this recurrence. The review includes data from randomized control trials as well as observational studies. The data from randomized trials showed that all hormonal treatments showed a non-statistically significant lower recurrence risk, whereas data from observational studies showed that marina RUS, oral progestogen, and a combination of GnRH analog and the progestogen coil had the lowest risk of recurrence. Given the inconsistent evidence, larger well-designed clinical studies are still required in order to answer this question, as highlighted in the accompanying mini-commentary by Sari Dogan. The diagnosis of ovarian torsion can sometimes be delayed as the clinical symptoms are non-specific and prompt assessment is required in order for early surgery to be performed to conserve the affected ovary. Water and colleagues conducted a systematic review on the accuracy of pelvic ultrasound, Doppler blood flow assessment, CT and MRI imaging to diagnose this condition. The review reported that pelvic ultrasound remained the first-line diagnostic tool, whereas MRI scanning may provide additional information if the ultrasound findings were ambiguous or do not correlate with clinical findings. The addition of Doppler blood flow assessment does not improve the diagnostic accuracy of ultrasound. There were insufficient primary studies on CT scanning to allow the data to be pooled. In the accompanying mini-commentary, Canavan reminded us that interleukin-6 may also be a useful serum marker for this condition, and perhaps the use of a combination of clinical examination, ultrasound and interleukin-6 measurement may provide some promise for the diagnosis and the basis for the next research study. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you for listening to this podcast from BJOG. We have been reporting the best research in women's health since 1902. We are keen to hear your views. Tweet us at BJOG Tweets. You can find more podcasts at www.bjog.org.